Our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pod is to use English in its most natural form. Therefore, occasionally a bad word may slip through the net. This episode contains adult language. Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. So we are talking to Oscar about his experiences in the world of drag. Good morning, Oscar. How are you? Fine, Tim. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome. Okay, so um, Oscar, tell us a little bit about your drag persona. Uh, well, my drag persona was actually born from a science because I I always wanted to uh, talk about science in a different way. And I thought this would be an attractive way to to talk about science to the world. And then I created, and I was, I've, I've also uh, always been very theatrical and that stuff. So I thought like a drag queen would be the best way to have like to do theater and talk about science. And uh, then uh, my drag persona is, uh, she's kind of like an exaggeration of me, mm-hmm. like less shy, mm-hmm. you know, because when you're in drag, you kind of like you're allowed to do anything you want mm-hmm. because people don't see you as threatening. It's just like they see you as like, mm, she's nice. She's <laughs> here for the fun. So they, they allow you to do anything. So that's it. It's just like, uh, I don't know, like super friendly, a bit bitchy, a bit know-it-all sometimes, a bit condescending <laughs> because she's a scientist, you know, like she's a doctor, so she can be that. <laughs> Great. So you're, you say you're doing it with science, so you've got a YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel called Science Queers. Okay. And uh, What do you do on that? Uh, well, basically, it's most of the videos is uh, me in drag. Uh, just uh, talking about like different uh, uh, bits of science, kind mm-hmm. of trying to teach and stuff like science communication in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some videos where I'm out of drag mm-hmm. because at some point I also wanted to show that it's, I mean, you can still be queer without being in drag. So uh, because sometimes it's like, oh, well, that's a gimmick and everything, you know, it's fun. But I mean, let's also appreciate people who are queer. Mm-hmm. And are not like flamboyant and everything, but you can still be queer without being flamboyant. Like, okay. let's. I didn't want to send like the wrong message, you know. Like everything okay. is always like makeup and stuff. And uh, there are like some collaborations also, like with some of the people sometimes. Okay, cool. What um, inspired you to to start doing drag? Uh, I really don't know. So it's. I guess it was this way of uh, mixing my queer identity and my uh, my wish to do something kind of like artsy uh, because I've, I've always liked mixing a couple of things together, you know, mm-hmm. things that are not necessarily related and then put them together. And at some point it just occurred to me that it would be interesting to mix that because uh, also because it's kind of like a double-edged sword, but in a positive way because like you can do this show as I have done in a science conference Mm -hmm. and they kind of like take it in because of the uh, content but then they discover all the queerness of it Mm -hmm. and you kind of like uh, promote uh, all these identities Mm -hmm. but then you take it to a queer party like 
on a dark club or whatever, <laughs> and they uh, they welcome it because of the drag, but then they learn about science. <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah. everybody gets something out yeah. of it that they weren't <laughs> expecting. Yeah, yeah, know, in the different contexts. Hmm. I like great. it. Yeah, and it's a mixture I never would have expected. Yeah, well, there now there are like a few uh, mm-hmm. uh, in in the world. So in in Canada, for example, there's this group that started like a couple of years ago, and uh, they are called Science is a Drag. They are also like on Science social is networks. A drag. Yeah, I love these names. <laughs> yeah, and they have like uh, four or five scientists who get in drag, and then they do like. A, a small conference, you know, like they just talk about their research <laughs> and some performance. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that sounds really fun. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. What would you say <clears throat> when you say it's fun? What do you find is the most fun? What do you do you find the most fun about being a drag? Uh, is it performing? Is it the costume? Is it the makeup? I don't know. I like every bit has its own interesting thing i mean doing the makeup <laughs> maybe is like the worst part <laughs> uh, well okay. de- depending on what mood you're in that day uh but usually before getting in drag i've got this kind of like i don't know it's not depression but i kind of feel like very down like drained of energy because you know what's coming and it's a lot because you have to be in character like all the time you know, it's not only when you're like performing, but then you're like walking around the bar, you talk to people, I don't know. So it's like all the time you're performing uh, and that's that's uh, exhausting. And uh, then when you're doing your makeup, like that's like two hours that you're on your own uh, shaving. I never shave. Like, <laughs> no, like I, I haven't shaved for years uh, until I started drag and then it was like, okay. That's true, uh, you always had a beard. Yeah, I mean, not not a big beard, you know, yeah. but like a, a weak, yeah. long beard. Mm-hmm. And, and I just trimmed it. But now because of drag, when I do drag, I shave it, which... Uh, it takes you two depressing. hours to shave? No. <laughs> no. No, it takes me like 15 minutes to shave. <laughs> okay. But then there's like almost two hours of uh, makeup. I mean, you can speed it up. You can do it in one hour if you're in a rush or something. Mm. I mean, the result is not as good. But then, like, some clubs are really dark, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and some of them have, like, this aggressive red light. It doesn't matter what colors you put on your face. I mean, if they have, like, this strong red light, like, nobody's going to see any makeup. So it's like, why would I bother? But, uh, but yeah, like, if you want to, like, look nice, decent, like, two hours, that's, like, an average time mm-hmm. for a nice face. Uh, but then, like, what I like is when I get uh, to the venue and you start interacting with people, that's uh, the cool part because people are like really open and uh, yeah, they will accept anything, any game, any conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cool. In a way, uh, doing drag, it doesn't really change you as much as it changes everyone around you. So mm-hmm. uh, like the experience is great because of how other people change because they wouldn't receive you the same way if you were not in drag and then like it's it's this different attitude that people uh, have that makes it amazing i never mm-hmm. thought about that before yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. 
Mm. It's an interesting observation, Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> and if, for example, someone who'd never been to a drag show went to their first drag show, what would they expect to see? Do you think what's the drag 101, what to expect? Uh, well, this depends because th there are uh, different kinds of drag. Mm -hmm. Now because of uh, Drag Race and all these uh, reality shows, uh, some people expect to see like uh, super feminine uh, women who actually look like women and everything. But there are lots of like weird creatures and stuff. There's also like drag kings. Mm -hmm. So like uh, people uh, pretending to be men or like presenting as like hyper masculine. And uh, some people don't know this exists. And then when they go to places like uh, like the party where, where I'm in, like Pluma, uh, and we are like very trashy, kind of alternative, and uh, they kind of get a shock because they were <laughs> expecting like a super feminine woman. And uh, that's, that's not necessarily drag. And uh, some people, because of what they see on TV, they get kind of like disappointed or they expect you, uh, expect you to have like super expensive clothes. <laughs> and, but for us drag, it's more about like you have a character and it's more about the content, the personality, the entertainment. So you can, you can look amazing and super feminine, but not have anything to say. Uh, or you cannot dance, or I don't know, or you're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have one, but you are one. Uh, so, uh, and then it's like, well, you're not entertaining. I mean, you're you're an Insta queen. You're great for like pictures and stuff, but but you're a makeup artist. You're a fashion artist. You're not a drag queen, mm. you know, because there's no show, there's no entertainment. So for us, it's like uh, we. Uh, don't worry about sacrificing a bit of the looks as long as the entertainment and the connection uh, to the people is still there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there needs to be the performance elements really important. Yeah, because in the end you're an entertainer and if you focus on your looks, that's like the, the, the first second when you show up, people see the looks, it's like, wow. What happens for the next the rest? Yeah, minutes, exactly. Whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you cannot like wow people with your looks for that long. No, no. <laughs> so it's uh, sort of a one-time thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and if you're entertaining, people are just going to not care that much about your looks. Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. So you mentioned Drag Race. Um, drags obviously become more popular, more mainstream in the last few years, last uh, five, ten years. Um, why do you think that is? Uh, well, obviously, Drag Race has had a great influence mm -hmm. in that because when you get something uh, into the mainstream and most of the people see it because it's on TV uh, at all times, like in several countries, uh, then people start to notice it and, and enjoying it because basically it's trendy now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah, probably Drag Race is the main reason why it's become that popular. But also there's this uh, thing that uh, we said that because of Drag Race, people ex expect yeah. everything to be the Drag Race style, but mm. Drag Race is not all the drag that mm. there's out there. Just mm -hmm. one element to it. Yeah. So it's like, it's a great... Uh, Introduction? Door, yeah. Doorway. Yeah. Entryway? Like, I don't know. Entryway. Gateway. gateway. It's, it's a, a gateway, gateway to drug. the drag world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. And what about the drag scene specifically in Barcelona? Uh, 
it's interesting. <laughs> well, there's there's this uh, division that drag queens uh, know, <laughs> and I don't know if people really out of the drag uh, uh, circles. Uh, talk about it, but there's like above Grambia and below Grambia. Oh, really? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> ah, Here's the drama. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because like uh, below Grambia, there's basically Raval and Poblasek. And uh, just to cut in, if you don't know Barcelona, Grambia is a big street that cuts Barcelona in half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything, Oscar, I guess you're you're the lower. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm below okay. Grambia. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pra- proudly below Grambia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so below Grambia is is a bit more like uh, it's kind of it can be trashy, not necessarily. Like we can have uh, amazing looks uh, sometimes, but that's it. Like we don't focus on the looks. And and it's it's a bit more crazy. Uh, things are a bit more unexpected, you know. So you can find like every kind of drag or anything. And above Grambia, you have uh, like bigger clubs that are a bit more commercial, and they uh, tend more to the drag race uh, side, like a bit more like polished makeup looks mm-hmm. and. And, and that's it. Like some some lip sync, like generic mm-hmm. songs, which is great. I mean, they mm-hmm. have their their art, their style. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's not a but valid form of drag. But it's maybe more conventional, maybe. Uh, yeah, it, it it's more maybe what people expect nowadays. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Uh, we know there's the the inner Barcelona drag beefs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good to get this information. You mentioned Pluma before. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, Pluma is uh, a party, or it has become kind of a family, mm-hmm. that uh, Joan O, mm-hmm. that's uh, her uh, drag persona, mm-hmm. Jonah Kitchens, uh, out of drag, uh, like uh, he created it uh, when he came from uh, the UK, where he was part of Sink the Pink, mm-hmm. Uh, which is also, I mean, it's kind of like the mother of Pluma. <laughs> it's it's like a trashy party, like uh, not pretentious at all. And they just want to have fun. They enjoy. Uh, when when they go there, it's not like a business. Like we're going to perform for the people and make money. It's, mm-hmm. We're going to have a party, dance, uh, enjoy with the people. Mm-hmm. And some money might come <laughs> our way. <laughs> but, you know, like it's it's not seen as a business uh, all the it's way. It's like it. our podcast team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, Jono came here like three, uh, four years ago to see how the drag scene in Barcelona was like. And it was not like much at that point. And, and then Pluma was born. It was one of the first uh, big drag queen parties that uh, still survive now because uh, uh, with the pandemic and everything, some of the parties disappeared mm. because they focused more on the business side, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. And since Pluma was never about that, we didn't mind performing with a smaller audience, doing mm. something a bit like in, in a small venue or something. Mm-hmm. So it, it was more about like giving a place uh, to the community to to get together and celebrate something and have mm-hmm. fun for a while. Yeah, and uh, that's that's why I love Pluma because it's this period that it's not about going bigger and better and like expensive. It's about uh, 
having some like gathering with people and just enjoying life and, and being yourself. I love that. Mm. That's a great philosophy. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the pandemic there. How did uh, you, did you perform during the pandemic? Did you? Uh, yeah, well, there were lots of drag queens doing uh, stuff online, like mm -hmm. Instagram Live and things like this, or Zoom parties. Uh, I tried uh, some Instagram Live uh, like four or five times, but the thing that I enjoy the most about doing drag is the connection with people mm -hmm. and the interaction and everything. And when you are doing Instagram Live, you just see like some text popping mm -hmm. up <laughs> the screen <laughs> and you don't even see the faces of people or you don't even like hear a message or a voice and in the end it was like uh, me spending two hours doing my makeup to be alone in my living room looking at my phone <laughs> where I saw myself so <laughs> it was kind of like cold and disappointing but surreal yeah yeah so uh, it was not the thing for me uh, also like uh, luckily uh, I've got other jobs so drag is not my main thing it's kind of like a side thing that I enjoy Uh, but it's not my main thing. Like some of the drag queens who are doing like all this uh, uh, stuff online is because they needed it because that's their main uh, income mm -hmm. source. And uh, so for me, it was like, okay, I can take a break uh, from drag and and focus on the things that really give me money and that are not that cold <laughs> as <laughs> looking at my phone for a while. Uh, but there was this one amazing online party that we had, which was uh, part of... Uh, last year, uh, Diesel Worldwide uh, Pride celebration, where they had like every hour they had uh, a party from a different country online. It was like a Zoom party, and people would connect from all over the world. And Pluma was selected to represent uh, Spain. So cool! Yeah. So <laughs> basically, we had a a party at uh, Jonas' place, uh, and we were there like dancing to music and then you could see i mean it was great because you could actually like we could actually feel the party because we were there with uh, other drag queens and and it felt like you were celebrating something and then you could actually see people on screen because uh, they would like highlight uh, people who are watching at home and you could see them celebrating with us even if they were not like physically there you could see them it was not mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the instagram live where you can just see a text And and that was amazing. And Pluma was actually one of the most viewed in in the whole thing. So amazing. Nice. Yeah. So what did you do? And in, in, was it just an hour? Uh, it was. I'm not sure now. It was like an hour or now half or something. But uh, yeah, about an hour. And uh, so basically, we were just sparting there. Like people heard our music and saw us dance. And there were a couple of uh, performances that we had. Um, Uh, prepared and there was like some then some choreography and stuff uh, but then like the rest of the time was like people would uh, freestyle and someone <laughs> would take the, the center of the stage at some point and like dance a special song because they like it or something uh, and that's it it was kind of like an organic thing Where it just yeah mm -hmm. we were performing I love that freestyle yeah, yeah. yeah. that's okay. amazing whoever take whoever Take the stage. Yeah. Where did you film it? Uh, it was at, at uh, Jonas Place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, mm. so if you think about how long have you been doing drag now for? Uh, okay, so uh, January 
2017 was the first time. So, so now it's been four like four years. years and a bit. Four years and a bit. Um, in that four years, do you feel like it's changed you as a when you're not in drag? Has it changed your persona at all? Or? Uh, well, it does affect you a bit because uh, you, I mean, since uh, you play this character so many times, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of helps you with the disinhibition and so. Some things that maybe before I wouldn't dare do. Uh, now, because I'm getting used to doing these things, uh, I feel more empowered or something, you know, or I don't worry if someone is going to uh, take something like too seriously or mm-hmm. negatively or something. Uh, and also, like, there's a lot more people that know me now because of drag. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, like, Now I can go into a bar and it I will likely know someone there. Well, before I was just some other guy in the mm-hmm. bar. But you yeah. found like a community that you never had, you didn't have before. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like I've never had uh, like a close group of uh, queer peers like mm-hmm. to hang out with or something. Uh, and I, I mean, now I've been in Barcelona for 11 years, uh, but it was not until I started doing drag that I created a group that, that we do things together regularly and, and we've been together for four years now. So yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like put me somewhere, uh, in the queer community, which is nice because you feel a bit more like connected to someone you like you share more things i mean i still have my <laughs> my straight friends and everything like it's not like i just like no I wouldn't, I've done with never you. again done with yeah <laughs> but but i i have like now this queer family which is a nice addition yeah, absolutely yeah well it's like i suppose if people's first w- introduction to you is you in drag then they're gonna see you with different eyes to someone who you went to school with for example no you're gonna Yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah, obviously. You're going to feel different, like, in front of them. You're going to feel like, well, with less inhibitions because they've seen me on yeah. stage dancing and doing all these things. So. Yeah. Well, I have to say that at school, I also was, like, in all the school plays yeah. and everything. <laughs> so it's not... I never, yeah. I don't think you're exactly a shrinking vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like, yeah. But, no, but, I mean, but, yeah, there, there's a difference. And also there's lots of people who actually know me as Lana, Yeah. And they don't even know my name and maybe we've... They we've, don't know your name? Okay. Yeah. Like, well, like well, Lana is my, my out of drag name, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm fine with uh, being called Lana mm-hmm. and with all the pronouns. That's, that's one of the things that has changed mm-hmm. because before drag, uh, I never considered like gender or something, you know? But now in drag... Uh, you realize that in the end, gender is—I mean, it's just like social construct—and mm-hmm. like you can dress feminine, and suddenly you're a woman. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. where are we? Like, if you do your makeup well enough, people actually think you're a woman. Uh, and uh, and yeah, it's like I don't really feel the need to claim my masculinity. Like, no, I'm a man. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, but also, like, I don't feel like a woman, mm-hmm. although I like uh, lots of things that come with what we consider femininity. So it it kind of like 
show me that I'm kind of like non-binary or gender fluid or something like this, you mm-hmm. know, like I don't care much about. And uh, well, in this drag queen circle, it happens a lot that we refer to each other usually more with she pronouns than than he, mm-hmm. because uh, most of the things we do together uh, are in drag. Mm-hmm. And uh, And then you just get used to it. And sometimes it happens that you just like talk to each other using she. And then sometimes with you are, when you are with the other people who are not drag queens and like there's two of us, you refer to each other as she. And people look at you like, oh, you said she. Like, mm, his English is not that great. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no. like, well, there's an explanation for that. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of the yeah. culture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so talking about other drag queens like uh, do you have any drag queens that you look up to uh so i i've never had a some reference like i want to be like this person mm-hmm. there are uh, drag queens that i enjoy that i like uh but i don't have like a specific drag queen mm. Uh, so some of the drag queens that I really look up to are drag queens that I know personally, like people from mm-hmm. Pluma, for example, who are amazing, and like uh, Joan O or Putella de Ville. I mean, these are amazing people who uh, might not be famous, although Joan O is quite famous <laughs> because she's been, she's been touring with uh, uh, Sporty Spice, <laughs> so that's famous. Uh, that's famous. <laughs> that is yeah. famous. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it's more, uh, I, I think it's more uh, people that I know uh, and, and I'm friends with them because I look up to them and uh, they are amazing at what they do. They are amazing people because that's the thing, like I know uh, who they are really. It's not just the performance, it's the person. Mm-hmm. And that's when I can really say like this person is something because it's not just like a great performer performer it's just like an amazing person and that's great mm-hmm. much more important yeah definitely um do you have any performances coming up uh well yeah with uh with pluma we've got this uh, summer festival in Wisca in august at a spa Ooh. so yeah we've got uh, i think we've got a brunch and a night party and then the rest of the time we're basically going to be <laughs> like in the swimming pool uh, <laughs> uh, slutting away <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, then yeah, the first week of uh, September we're going to be at the Mighty Hoopla in London which is a festival that's been around for like a few years now and it's uh, very kind of like it's it's not specifically queer but it's very queer uh and like lots of uh, pop uh culture and like groups and lots of dance and uh, nobody taking themselves too seriously <laughs> Love <it>. yeah <laughs> and uh and then like in november i am thinking uh about organizing some uh like a few events uh, connecting science uh with drag again Because uh, there's this uh, LGBTQIA uh, STEM day, like STEM, which is like uh, science, uh, technology, technology engineering. engineering, and maths. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, so some years ago, uh, it was created like four years ago, like this day. Uh, and before it was on the 5th of July, I think, and now they moved it 
to to the 18th of November because it's the day when uh, some uh, gay uh, person in in the United States uh, won some kind of like thing about like uh, discrimination at the workplace something like this <laughs> something you know a lot about yeah <laughs> <laughs> some okay. person i don't know the specifics something yeah. happened, i don't know the specifics so basically he was fired for being gay <laughs> okay. and he sued the company or something mm-hmm. he was a scientist and and he won the case and right. that's God, yeah. right and that's mm-hmm. i mean it makes more sense to pick like this day yeah. than the other day, which was like connected to like the wavelengths and some numbers. I mean, it was yeah. kind of like uh, philosophical, the other one. This one, like there's like a real uh, event or something. And uh, and last year, no, two years ago, I had this uh, Pride in Science uh, event here in Barcelona with some uh, queer scientists uh, giving like short talks, like 10 minutes about what they do. And then like some performances, uh, uh, from me. Uh, and now I'm thinking like in November to have like every week, like a couple of scientists instead of doing like that one day event, like having every week, a couple of scientists and then like focus more on them and like do games uh, connected to what they do and something like Mm -hmm. this, but it's still in the works. Oh, wow. Sounds like an interesting project. That sounds cool. So lots of things. And where can people find out more about you? Uh, well, basically uh, on Instagram at Lana Vuli with a V. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on Twitter, I'm uh, Tradu Kimi Queer. Uh, we'll put links in the description. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay Tradu Kimi Queer. Yeah. Because like Tradu from like translation, mm-hmm. uh, Kimi from chemistry and queer. I mean, from obviously, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's it. And know. the YouTube channel? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and the YouTube channel, Science Queers. Science Queers. Nice. Yeah, which is subtitled. So like all the videos, the videos can be in uh, Catalan, uh, Spanish, or English. But then all of them are subtitled in Catalan, Spanish, and English. Nice. Look at this so guy go! Look at him go! Any other further reading, if anybody wanted to listen to any other podcasts or to get more information on drag, what would you recommend? Yeah, there is uh, here in Spain, specifically in Barcelona, mm-hmm. Drag is Burning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which is basically organized by Ruben Anton. And uh, you can find like Drag is Burning in most platforms with this name, Drag is Burning. And uh, so they are doing exhibitions with pictures of uh, drag queens, sometimes uh, artists making uh, portraits of drag queens, sometimes drag queens themselves doing some art, but it's always connected to this thing. And also, uh, Ruben Anton is uh, recording podcasts, interviewing all the drag, well, not all, <laughs> but slowly <laughs> getting there, <laughs> like as many as possible uh, drag queens uh, from the present and the past, because there's some disconnection uh, between the previous uh, generation of drag queens and us and so in in those uh podcasts uh, which are on spotify at least and maybe somewhere else um basically you have like a 45 a 60 minute conversation between ruben anton and the guest uh, drag queen and it's really interesting because there are lots of different uh people with different kinds of drag 
uh, well, I said drag queens, but it's actually like drag people because there's also drag uh, kings, uh, club kids, uh, weirdos in general, or mm. just like queer people. Mm. And and it's it's like a great archive where because at the moment there's nothing that detailed, mm. and that was the reason for uh, drag is burning to start doing that because now there's an archive where you can go and hear the protagonists of the thing explaining yeah and and there's there's also like a documentary that we are almost finished filming uh that uh, puts uh four uh drag queens like let's say younger drag queens like new drag queens mm-hmm. where i'm included and three more veteran drag queens mm-hmm. one of them who is uh 95. Wow. Whoa. Right. <laughs> uh, and we had like uh, last month, every Saturday, we would uh, do a show for the people to watch and we filmed it. But the important thing was the backstage where like one person is, is performing out there, but in the backstage, there's like seven of us and talking, like sharing experiences. And there was there were also like some uh, interviews out of drag with each specific uh, queen and it's really interesting to hear their stories and and compare how they lived it and how and how we are living it. Mm. That sounds really. When, when when do you think that will be released? Uh, and what's the name? Uh, it's it's uh, called Desgeneradas. Desgeneradas. Yeah, uh, because there's like a, a, a wordplay on like Desgeneradas, like uh, kind of like deconstructing the gender mm-hmm. but also like uh like a, a crazy nonsensical uh you know like like degenerada kind of like oh, right. degenerated like yeah, psh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. you know like kind of this thing of like, like crazy meaning yeah. yeah okay uh yeah the s actually this generadas the s is kind of like between brackets okay mm. and uh and yeah i suppose like autumn by the end of the year it's okay. going to be ready. Look I mean, out for that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it was great talking to you, Oscar. Thanks so much, Oscar. Really fun. Thanks for really, having really me. really informative mm-hmm. and really fun conversation. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> We're on a mission to avoid repetition with five ways to say. Five ways to say. Five ways to say, but there's probably nine or ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... We've come. We've still got Oscar here with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've come up with uh, some interesting vocabulary that we think might be useful if you are interested in uh, the world of, of drag and, and the culture behind it. So first of all, we have um, exp- uh, the expression to do drag. So you can say to do drag, to get into drag, to be in drag, and then also to be out of drag. What do, right, they mean? what do they mean, Oscar? Talk us through them. Uh, yeah, well, if you do drag, basically you are uh, in the activity, you're, you're doing drag, that's the thing you do. Yeah, uh, like I think it's like the, um, yeah. the performing. Yeah, right? the performing. Uh, it's like if you say like, I don't know, like I'm a teacher, so I, I do drag. drag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> both are true. Um, then uh, to be in drag, it's like when you are like, physically like dressed up you're in a costume with the makeup on Mm -hmm. yeah and then the opposite is to be out of drag so you when you're not you're like you're we should mention that you're out of drag currently 
Ja. 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 I mean, well, this can be like when you are like doing the transformation, mm. or you get interested mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in drag, and then you get to into become drag. interested yeah. in something yeah. to get into it, yeah. but also the process of yeah. transforming. Mm-hmm. Okay, then uh, we've also got uh, a drag queen versus a transvestite. What and uh, what a what's the difference between those two? Yeah. Basically, uh, I'd say uh, drag queen is the commercial term. It's mm-hmm. like connected to show business and everything. And transvestite might have this negative connotation mm. that, I mean, because it's like an older term that mm-hmm. was used negatively. But in the end, they are uh, the same thing. I mean, if you say drag queen, uh, it implies that this person is performing and uh, putting on a show or something. If you say transvestite, it could just be someone who... Uh, cross dresses mm. and dresses as the other gender just because they want to. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stick with drag queen. I think it's a great, better name anyway. The, the <laughs> word literally has queen in the name. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the best word. Yeah, but then <laughs> what? what happens if it's not the queen? Ah, well, <laughs> transition. Um, so we've got the different types of people who do drags. So yeah. you mentioned when you were in the interview, you mentioned drag kings. Yeah. What are drag, who are and what are drag kings? Yeah. So uh, as drag queen, a queen is like feminine, let's mm-hmm. say. So that's people who present themselves as with the feminine traits, with with what society considers feminine mm-hmm. and drag king is someone who presents like hyper masculine like with what we consider the masculine traits okay and drag king can also be a man or a woman yeah so actually like uh, everyone can be a drag queen or a drag king okay there's this uh so sometimes people when women uh, uh are drag queens sometimes people use the term bio queen mm. but then it's uh like some some uh, women who do drag are fine with that, but uh, there's also a big group that uh, don't want to uh, be like separated from men who do drag mm-hmm. because it's like, well, just because I'm a woman, you have mm-hmm. to give me a different name. So what, it doesn't really matter what I have between my legs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, I mean, that term, So, but it's prefer- preferable to say okay. drag queen. So it... it it just use the term uh, according to what they present us, mm-hmm. like not according to what's under the makeup. Ooh, I like that. Very, very pithy. Um, and then can we also talk about the term transgender versus transsexual? Okay. Yeah, this is uh, similar in a way to the, the drag queen, bio queen thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so... Uh, transgender is someone who doesn't identify with the gender that they were assigned at birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then transsexual would be someone who has uh, like had an operation and they, they've changed their uh, genitals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so nowadays it's not really encouraged to say transsexual because this means that you have to tell people uh, what you have down there, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and it's uh, none of their business mm-hmm. unless they have to actually go down there, yeah. <laughs> which is always nice <laughs> if it's the right person. Uh, so, uh, so the encouraged word now is transgender because that's how they identify, that's how they present. And and like the, their genitals are none of anybody's business. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also people who identify with the gender they are born with are cisgender, right? Cis, yeah. So trans and cis. Trans and cis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, that was That's great. That was great. Yeah. Very informative. Definitely. Thank you very much. So that when you guys are talking about, um, you know, well, not only the world of, of drag, but also the world of just queer people in general. Mm-hmm. Very useful. So thanks a lot for coming on the podcast, Oscar. It's been really fun. It's been really, really fun. You're great. Our best interviewee ever. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've really enjoyed being here. I'm glad it was it was lovely to have you on. Mm-hmm. We'll um, have, to, have to have you back on on future episodes. Yeah. My pleasure. Okay. And when your fancy documentary comes out and yeah. you want to promote your STEM performances. Okay, mm-hmm. great. I'll be here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. I'd just like to thank everyone involved in the Two Teas in a Pod team, specifically Ben Ward, our wonderful producer for recording and editing all of the episodes. Also, Mark Wilding for designing our logo and all our branding. Um, Lisa Marie Court, Bernice Ray, Vicky Milena, and our own Katie Wright for singing our jingles. And all you lovely listeners for listening along. And of course, to the wonderful Katie Wright, my wonderful co-host. Bye!